Good morning, everybody. You guys can have a seat. Yes, I will in a couple of minutes. Uh, just want to let you know that I'm honored to be here and that God gave me the privilege to do this. I want to thank our pastors, Pastor Mary and Pastor Anthony, for trusting me and giving me the opportunity to share what's in my heart. I always say they are greater off stage than they are on stage. So let's give them a hand for that. Are you guys liking the weather? Exactly. That's how I feel. Okay, you guys can stand up now. Please? Thank you. Nine o'clock in the morning. Make sure you guys are awake. You guys had your coffee? All right. Amen. We're going to read the word here. You're hungry. Did you eat some breakfast? Okay. Hungry for the word. This is in Luke. This is uh, Jesus predicts uh, Peter's denial. This should be on the screen. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. How awesome that Jesus prays for us. Amen. That your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Let us pray. Father God, we worship you, Lord. We commit this time to you, Father God. I ask that you pour into these people your word, your Holy Spirit, Father God. May lives be transformed, minds opened, and souls saved, Father God. Let it be all of you and none of me that speaks today. Use me as your vessel. And all God's people said, I fight seven people say you're about to prison break. I was just told we have a Thrive class. I think it's uh, 101, 102? 201, sorry. So if you guys want to attend a Thrive class, this is the time to go. Amen? So let me give you a little bit of what's going on. We're continuing our series that Pastor Anthony has been preaching about prison break. Can we say prison break? break. Are you guys ready to break out of prison? And today, the title of this message is Identity, the Engine of Your Soul or Our Souls. So you guys are taking notes, right? Just so you know, secretly, I'm judging you. If you're not, I'll be watching you guys. So what, you know, what do I mean by prison break? We're going to focus on a key aspect of what identity would have. You know, the identity is so important. And what I mean by the engine, it kind of drives to us to be the person we are today. It can either imprison you from the, God, the, the life that God wants you to have, which is ordinary, I mean, extraordinary, to, the, to, the, to an, a new life, right? So it either can free you or imprison you. And, of course, the definition is going to be on the screen. What, it, what does it mean to be, uh, what, is it, what is the identity of, of uh, what's the definition of identity? It's the quality that makes a person or thing different from others. Just see, my, my message is all over the place. My iPad is not responding here. So I rebuke you in the name of Satan. It's okay. It went back up. That's why I, you guys are like thinking to me, what does he say? He's speaking in tongues or something? All right. I got it. So my mom, who's a very wise woman, she's five feet tall, thank God for height in my family. My uncles are like six foot five, so I, I came out on a, on a tall side, right? 86-year-old woman, love her, five feet tall, she still shovels snow. When I tell her not to do it, she's still shoveling by the time I get there. 
So this woman has lived a, a long time. She was alive during World War II, 11 years old, right? Portugal was neutral at that time. So she has a lot of things. She's like, nobody is born with software. In other words, you're not where you are today out of birth, right? There is, there's a history. There's, a, there's lives. There are parents. So it forms our identity, our parents, right? How they raise us, who they are, what they teach us. Where we live. I grew up in Newark. So growing up in Newark, you think everybody's going to jump you or rob you, right? It's not like that, by the way, people. There are some good parts of Newark. I'm being honest. There's Portuguese people there still. Brazilian, Spanish, Polish, all good people, right? The music and movies that we listen to and watch, right? The people we hang out with, right? The skinny jeans that we wear. This is why I'm wearing them today. They're slim fit, by the way. <laughs> the tight shirts that I don't wear no more. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Muscles, brains, you know, uh, cars. Uh, we might identify with people or tattoos or, you know, we all identify with something or someone. And whether you like it or not, that drives you. Subconsciously, that drives you, right? So, but God wants us to have an extraordinary life. For example, my wife and I get into these philosophical discussions from time to time, and I don't call them arguments. I call them philosophical because we're discussing what we think or what we know. And even though we're Christians and we know Jesus and we've been serving him, we sometimes revert to what we think we are. So we're talking one day, and I'm talking to her with passion, quoting scripture, and she goes, Yo soy Latina! And I'm like, why can't you just say you're Spanish? Why do you have to say it with such drama? Is that why they have so many soap operas, Channel 41, 47? <laughs> Love Spanish people. And I refer back, I'm pork chop. Like, okay, Portuguese, we call us pork chops, FOB, stuff like that. But it's funny, we revert back to what we think we are. Forgetting that when God, you know, sent his son and cleansed us, you know, Christianity wipes out your culture. You know, the Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The word new in Greek means brand new, not something repaired, not something fixed, brand new. The old is gone, the new has come, right? So why is it that we hold on to it? And what, what, why do we need to know why, right? John 10, tells, it should be on the screen, says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, say, but I have come, that I may have life, they may have more abundantly. Wow, that's a different version than I know. It's all right. More abundantly. Say more abundantly. So why do we settle for the ordinary? Why? If God wants us to have an extraordinary life, why do we settle for the ordinary? If he says more abundantly, he says, I have come. I mean, it's done. Why do we choose not to follow him? Why do we choose not to serve him? Why do we choose not to love him? Right? It's our identity. It's what we, we gravitate to, right? It's what we have been taught or been raised with, not knowing that he's the greatest father of all. He loves us the most, gave us more grace and mercy, grace, I mean, strength, compassion, wisdom than anybody else on earth, right? Now, the thief here is Satan. It's okay. We could talk about him for a little bit. And uh, Oswald Chambers, I, I love this guy. I mean, he's obviously passed away, but he's, uh, it's what I call a Christian on uh steroids, and I'm reading one of his devotionals, and it says, um, 
life in the spirit. He says, Satan, Satan is never represented in the Bible as doing wrong things. Now, have you ever heard, the devil made me do it? You know, I've been helping people with uh, eating plans. I, I, you know, I help people not just try to look better, but I help them, also help them with their health. And they're like, you know, I tell them not to eat donuts or whatever, eat healthy. And they're like, well, the devil made me do it. I'm like, right, the devil came out, went to Dunkin' Donuts and bought you and put a gun to your head and made you eat it. I mean, come on, people, all right? So the devil doesn't make anybody do it. And he's not a roaring lion. He's a pussycat. We make him a roaring lion when we don't abide in Christ. Amen? All right. If you're going to give him a clap, give him a clap. Amen. So he doesn't, he's, it's not represented as doing the wrong thing. He is a wrong being. He is a wrong being. And understand this wrong being, what as at one time, the greatest angel. He had the right identity. Just got into the wrong thinking, right? Pride, and then became a wrong being. People are responsible, that's me included, for doing wrong things. And people do these wrong things because of the wrong disposition, wrong identity. Now, this is going to kind of turn your world around. In all probability, Satan is as much upset as God is when we fall into external sin, but for a different reason. I'm going to repeat this again. In all probability, Satan is as much upset as God when we fall into external sin, but for a different reason. When we go into external sin and upset our lives, Satan knows perfectly well that we will want a Savior, a Redeemer, a Deliverer, Jesus. As long as he can keep us in peace, unity, and harmony, apart from God, he will do this. Satan's job is not to make it obvious that you're in trouble because you usually, you know, scream for help. Obviously, hopefully you scream for Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, we'll give you an opportunity to do so. But Satan loves for you to be at peace and content, right? It's like, oh, I shouldn't be eating that donut. Why am I doing that? It's okay, baby. You can laugh. All right, I'll get off the donuts. I shouldn't be driving fast or I shouldn't be looking at those movies. Or I shouldn't be talking to those people. Or I shouldn't be going to those places. Even it happens in church sometimes. Or, you know, we serve with the wrong heart. Or we do things for the wrong motives. Right? Call it religious spirit. And Satan's like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. She doesn't know what she's doing. Oh, they don't know they're apart from God, even though they're in church or not in church. See, this doesn't happen to non-Christians. It happens to Christians as well. In fact, we are more susceptible sometimes because the more we serve, the more we're attacked. It's actually a good sign, guys. So if you're getting attacked, give yourself a hand clap. It's okay. Jesus is greater. He is. Yeah, come on. Say, I want a more abundant life. So every prison break usually has a getaway car, a vehicle. I like Porsche's 911 Twin Turbos. If you guys are rich, you guys can buy me one. It's all-wheel drive, 600 horsepower. Is it a 62.7, quarter mile, 11.1? Uh, I, I, yeah. Pastor Anthony says, well, Fernando gets into something. He knows it. Amen. Obviously, you want a car that handles well, has a strong engine, our identity, right? And a great GPS system. I call it God's positioning system. It only gets you out of prison, gets you out of prison safely and keeps you on the right path. Now let's say you have everything going for you. You know Jesus, you're serving and everything like that, and you're still in prison. You 
And we say to ourselves, well, what's wrong? Why am I going through this? I mean, the Bible says I should read the Word and meditate and pray and serve. And, you know, I try to be a good person. And let me tell you right now, we are good people because of Jesus' crucifixion, right? We, you know, the one thing that people forget, and I talk to a lot of young people, I've been honored to pour into them. Like, you know, they, they strive to be good. They don't know that they, they're supposed to live from a, a life of empowerment. You live from the cross, not to the cross, which means that he has done everything. So now he has empowered you to live with grace, with mercy. There's nothing you can do to learn his love. There's nothing you can do to earn his Savior. I was talking, like, come on, guys, if you're going to give him a clap, give him a clap. Not clapping for me, clapping for Jesus, right? I was at the gym the other day, and uh, I mean, the gym is its own world, and uh, bodybuilding at one time was uh, something that I loved to do, and, and uh, I have gifts and talents that I used to be successful of it, and it kind of destroyed other people's lives. So I'm very careful when I'm around that area, trying to be a light into a dark world. And I was talking to this guy there, I forgot his name, I think it's Boulder Boulevard. I was like, what? Your mom named you after a street? So uh, he's coming to me, and he goes, and, you know, the one thing that I've learned about serving Jesus, the best thing you can do to non-Christians is just live it. You're trying to quote scripture at them, they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, what is that? The Bible. You know, it's like before, basic instructions before leaving it, they're like, I have no idea. So um, the guy's like, you know, I thought you were fake when you, you talked about Jesus. I'm like, well, thank you. Makes me feel better. Don't, don't judge me by my muscles. It's okay. And then I started to talk to him consistently, and he goes, I said, invite him to church. He's like, the, the building will burn down. I'm like, well, we wouldn't have a building then. It's a wrong identity, wrong thinking, thinking that they have to earn their way. It's like, so I help people to train. It's like you guys telling me, you know, let me get in shape first before you train me. And I'm like, that's the whole point. That is why Jesus died. That's why it's called one perfect sacrifice for all sin. Amen, right? your partner I'm about to break out of prison watch out I really mean that guys watch out do you guys feel it do you feel the energy you feel his presence you ready to break out of prison all right so let me encourage you in this that happened to some of the greatest people in the Bible you know it's not extraordinary people that love God it's ordinary people that love God right Caleb, one of the 12 spies that uh, actually came back, and one of the two that only that believed when they went into the, you know, in the Old Testament, God says to spy out the, the land that he had promised them. And Caleb was just, wasn't a great man that believed in God. He was just a man that believed in a great God. So it's always, God he always uses ordinary people. Now, you guys are awesome, extraordinary. I love you all, guys. I'm not called you ordinary. But that's the whole point. And Peter, the apostle, you know, he's called... Peter, Peter was a fisherman. It's funny because, ironically, that's his calling. Jesus later calls him, you will be a fisher of men. And Peter had three distinct moments in his walk, right, that formed his identity in the beginning. So I'm going to go through these steps. Are you guys taking notes? You sure I'm judging you guys. And I'm not supposed to judge this, but I take notes, so I have the right to judge you. Amen? All right. So he calls Jesus the son of the living God before anyone else. Have you guys done that? I haven't done that. Matthew 16, 16, you know, Jesus beforehand says, who do people say I am? He goes, Simon Peter answered and said, you are Christ, 
the Son of the living God. First miracle. Second, he walked on water. I wasn't actually going to have a bathtub in here and put water in here and walk on it and say that I can't, but I, it was too much of a thing. But has any of you walked on water? You guys try to do it in the bathtub? No? You sure? Okay. Surfing is not like walking on water. Matthew 14, 28, 29. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down off the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, two, second miracle. I call these miracles because they were. I mean, walking on water is tremendous. I'm just saying, right? And then he calls Peter the rock. And this is where he, he builds his church upon him. He goes, Matthew 16, 18, he says, I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So here we have three distinct miracles or moments in Peter's life that begin to form, begin to form his identity initially. Now look, if I'm Peter, I'm feeling pretty good right here. You know, I'm like, I called Jesus before anybody else. I'm like, look at the other 12 other guys. guys. You guys don't know this? Come on, this is Jesus, right? I walked on water. I am the rock. He's going to build a church on me. The thing is about Peter's life is that he denies Jesus at the greatest test. When Jesus is taken away in chains, now he foretold him this. Even though Peter said, I will go with you to death and to prison, he wasn't ready for it, right? His identity wasn't himself. So he denies him three times before the rooster crows, 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 crows three times, speaking in tongues, crows three times. And then he reminds himself, oh, my God, wait a minute. I'm the guy that called Jesus the Christ. Hey, man, you know I walked on water, but I still failed it. You know? Do you know I'm supposed to be the rock to build a church? I denied him. You know? Do you know I read the word every day and I know it, but I still, when I looked at him, he's, I turned around. When they asked me three times, I don't know this guy. Kind of what we've done before we come to Christ. I mean, for me, it took me three years of uh, this guy just witnessing to me, and I did the same thing. Now, we can say that, you know, he walked with Jesus, everything like that. Look, we have the Word of God, right? And this became flesh. So it happens to all of us. So let me encourage you in this. And this is how... Jesus loves us. How his great, his mercy and uh, grace is so deep. So he calls him back in a way that, I mean, I, I studied this passage for a while and prayed on it just to dig in it to a it deep. It's going to be on the screen. It's John 21, 15 through 19. And this is how um, he not only uh, forgives him, right, but empowers him at the same time. So that's what Jesus does. When he comes into our lives, he breaks chains, he restores souls, he heals relationships. Come on, people. He heals the brokenhearted. He gives us a new mind. And the greatest thing about Jesus, if you guys are going to give him a hand clap, you better give him a hand clap. Come on. The greatest thing about him is how he, he loves us into wholeness. His love is so deep, so wide, so incredible. God is love. 
You guys with me? All right, I'm going to read this passage here. John 21, 15 through 19. So when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. Would you guys answer the same thing? You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, right there, it's getting painful, right? And we always think that pain is not a good thing. It actually brings the, the greatest miracles. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. It's amazing what happens here. I mean, the depth of, of, first of all, I mean, how great is that Jesus is cooking breakfast for them. So before, they're, they're, fish, they're fishing. It's funny, when they deny them, they go right back to their first idea. They, start, they go back to fishing. Sometimes when we deny Jesus or we, we, we feel um, broken or something, we go back to what we think is, is our right identity, right? And they go back to fishing. So here's Jesus. There's a guy, you know, he's, a, he's a resurrected. He's hanging out. How many guys would, how many of you would like to be uh, cooked breakfast by Jesus? Put your hands up. I would. I mean, I wonder if it was salmon, a tuna fish. I mean, it, it's always healthy food, by the way, so he's broiling fish. It is. There was no donuts back then. Personally, look, I love bread, guys. I do. That's my, my weakness there. But he's cooking for them, right? And, and Peter sees him, so he jumps out the boat and he runs to him. And what happens is truly miraculous. So he forgives Peter publicly what Jesus did for the denial that he did publicly. So he restores him in front of everybody. Right? So that's, that's, what, we, that's what Jesus does to us. He just restores us to what we originally were created to be, God's people, right? And, he, and, and that's why when we do the altar call, we do it publicly. Now you can come to Jesus at home and stuff like that. I came at a diner in a parking lot. But it's great when it's at church. Can I get an amen? But then, see, he knew that Peter loved him. The main reason why he asked him so many times and he probed, and the main reason why when we come to church and you feel that nudge in your heart and that, oh, I don't know. You know, understand this. If you don't know Jesus today, even if you know Jesus, you are all, you know, nudged here by the Holy Spirit. You know, John 6, uh, I think it's 644, nobody comes to me except that the Father who sent me draws him. I mean, when I read that years ago, I'm like, oh, man, it means Jesus picked me beforehand. It means I was nudged. Oh, man, that's so good. All right, I'm not a loser. Just want to make sure you guys are awake. I'm not a loser because I love Jesus. I'm not a loser because he's my Savior, because he's the winner, Right? He just wanted Peter to know that he loved him. See, we, when we fail Jesus, we think, oh, man, it's up to me to do these things. The reason why God comes into your life is not just to save you from going to hell. I always said this. If, if that was the case, he wouldn't have created you. That's, that's simple. And by the way, hell was not created for people. It was created for demons. God does not send us to hell. We do. Right? So why does he save us? It's for his glory, right? For his kingdom. Right? So when we get saved, we're like, well, I got to do it on my own. 
these guys are, I mean, are part of the, the church family, and they know. They can speak. God will always give you a bigger vision, uh, I mean, a lot larger than we're capable of doing. Am I correct? That's the whole thing. So what happened with Peter is that he didn't, he didn't understand it first. See, his identity was in himself. When those three miracles happened, he got a little bit boastful in the right way. And then he, he questioned his love. He's like, oh, my God, do I love Jesus? He said all these things about me. Hey, I walked on water, by the way. I love skinny jeans. I'm wearing skinny jeans because of Magno. Just want, Pastor Magno, sorry. I'm just being honest. My life changed when he took to HM. was like three years ago. Guy has great fashion taste. Don't know where he got it from. Probably from Jesus, but just saying. <laughs> Love you, dude. Can I tell you today that God will do everything through you if you let him? He, he looks for the willing heart. I am honored that Pastor Mary and Pastor Anthony uh, say those things to me. And when I hear those things, I kind of... You know, I start crying inside. I, man, real men cry. But I feel the, not pressure, but I'm like, oh, man, I have to honor their relationship. Because the weight is, you know, you never want to mess up. But I also understand that, hey, as long as I stay humble and willing, he'll flow through me. I am just a vessel. When you guys clap your hands, it's not for me. It's for Jesus. When you guys raise your hand, it's not me or Pastor Andrew, Pastor Mary, or whoever's on stage. It's Jesus that saved you guys. Right? So Peter here finally realizes, hey. Oh, man, I just had the wrong, the wrong identity. You see, Hebrews 13 says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And instead of relying on his Savior, he relied on himself. Can I tell you guys today, just lean on Jesus. I know it's hard, especially men. We like to take control of things. Women, same thing. Why are you getting the chuckles? Women are not control freaks at all. They don't like to control anything. Now, I'd like to give you four basic steps on how to do this, right? Because I just don't want to tell you what happened. I want to empower you guys because they're going to amen. All right. You guys ready to prison break? All right. You guys free from prison yet? No. Okay, we got somebody at the end. Okay, good. That was a trick. No. Are you guys receiving the word? All right. So before I said, the, the, you know, there's a vehicle. There's always a getaway car when you break out of prison, right? I like Porsche 911. I don't know if it would stand. You know, it's a very expensive car. It could be a Humvee. It can be a truck. You know, Pastor Magnin loves pickups. You know, 4x4s, those are even better. But there's always a vehicle. So I'm going to kind of use that as a metaphor to help you guys relate, right? So this, if, if you guys are taking notes, this is the time to take notes. Because this is not going to only break you out of prison. It's going to keep you free from being imprisoned, empowered, and on the right path. Can I get an amen? All right. This should be on the screen. Point one. Give your life to Jesus. Hey. I know. We're like, oh, that's so easy. Ah, sometimes it's not. If you're here today and you haven't, can tell you of no greater miracle. He will never fail you or leave you. And, and I don't have to give up stuff. He'll give you more than you can think of. He'll love you. I mean, it is one of my greatest honors and what fulfills me the most is having purpose and serving him. And I used to be a professional athlete. And I thought that was it. 
Amen. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his what? His only begotten son that whosoever, means everybody, shall not perish and have eternal life. So give your life to Jesus. Second, Bible study and prayer. They put, I, that was my fault, guys. I didn't give you the right thing. It says Bible and prayer. Bible. Prayer, right? So the Word of God. Reading, meditating, memorizing, and applying the Word of God, right? Forms your identity. Now, Pastor Anthony was, has been speaking about prison break, and I want to use one of his uh, verses. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, if you're taking notes. If I'm going too fast, just raise your hands. All right. I'm not. It's good. It's one of my weaknesses. Thank you, Jesus. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Wrong thinking leads to wrong living. Right thinking leads to right living. If you know who you are, you'll know what to do. If you know whose you belong to, you'll know what to do. If you know who your Savior is, you'll know what to do. This is such a great passage. You know, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As you read the word, I'm going to focus on this passage, but I want to focus on that one first. As you read the passage, scientists have studied the, the, you know, the brain and its nerve and its nerve endings. And a lot of wrong thinking actually builds, uh, and Pastor Anthony spoke about um, nerve empaths. Or, look, I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying my best to work with me. As you read the word, the positive ones actually start to imprint themselves and the negative ones actually start to overpower them. That's why it's so important to consistently be in the Word. It's like if you don't eat, what's going to happen? No, you're just not going to lose weight. You're going to die. Prayer. So reading the Word is breathing in. Prayer is breathing out. It's essential. We cannot do either or and live. Hold your breath for five minutes. It's a joke, guys. You guys are going to pass out. Mark was like, I'm not tan no more. I'm red. Breathe out. Don't breathe in. How's it feel? Can't, can't do it. Release, yes. I have, I'm going to share something. Uh, there was a Christian brother of me that, were, and let me tell you about grace. It's just this thought that came into my head. He goes, you know what grace feels like? Think of yourself drowning just drowning to the bottom of the ocean, and all of a sudden, you come up for air. <gasps> I got goosebumps. I don't know about you guys. I really did. Can't see it. That's what it feels like. That's, that's Jesus' grace. It's like, <gasps> oh, my God, I'm alive. Yes. Amen. So that's the engine. Strong engine has to be built. Don't think, guys, don't think the fastest car. You're going to get speeding tickets. You want an engine that lasts long, that's built to last. Amen? So Jesus is the vehicle. Identity is the engine through Bible study and prayer. It takes captive those thoughts that are against Christ and brings them into the obedience. That helps shape your minds and mold your minds to know what God's mind is. I share with the leadership school a lot of times that uh, people have a, a problem memorizing the word or meditating or reading it. And they're like thinking, wow, this is, you know, 2,000 years plus old. And I'm like, well, if you want to know what God's thinking today, read the Word. If you want to know how He's going to empower you today, read the Word. If you want to know who He is today, read the Word. 
the same scripture that is written 2,000 years ago, it's Jesus. The word became flesh. Think of him as Jesus. Think of this as a man, not just pages. Amen? You guys are receiving. All right. The third one is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is not its name. That's why they say God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go into the Trinity. It is way beyond me. But this is the fuel that fuels your engine. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's not on the screen, guys. Um, and you should be my witnesses to me, to Judea, to Jerusalem, and to the ends of the world. Holy Spirit. So when we come, give our life, we're empowered, and then we consistently ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It fuels us. It doesn't just fuel us. He's your comforter. He gives you peace. He gives you gifts not for yourself, for his kingdom, right? And it's never-ending. It's never-ending. In Psalm 23, David goes, um, 23.5, he goes, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. In those times, what he's saying is the, the, the oil is the representation of the Holy Spirit, right? So in those times, if you sat at the table, your wine glass had to be full or you're asked to leave. So he's saying, my cup overflows means I'm going to be in God's presence every day. I'm going to come to him every day. I'm going to be empowered to him every day. Come on, people. I'm going to have, I'm going to ask for every day because I need him because without him, nothing. I can't do anything without him. His love and mercy is deeper and wider than I can ever imagine. Are you guys with me? You guys going to give him a hand clap. I do that because I got to drink water because I am thirsty here. Okay, so we got, the, we, got the, we got the vehicle, we got the engine. I don't know if it's a six-speed, automatic. I mean, automatics now are very, uh, I, like, I like stick, personally. <laughs> Fourth one, giving, serving, and connecting. Giving, serving, and connecting. Mark 10, 45 says, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. This is what I call the GPS system. It helps you stay on the right track, right? And what happened, I don't have a phone. Anybody have a phone? Can I have your phone? Your phone. All right, so I'm not going to open it up. You can read your stuff. Um, so this has a GPS system. So we put our destination. Hopefully it's church. Hopefully it's serving. Hopefully it's going to heaven. Hopefully it's Jesus, right? Right? So when we put in there. I don't know the address of heaven yet, but one day when I get up there, guys, I'll let you guys know. So I put it in there. <laughs> Jesus Street, there you go. All right. What happens when we go the wrong way? Let's say this is heaven, right? All right. Rerouting, rerouting. It's a female voice, by the way. And it goes back, thank you, Fernando. Now you can serve me. Rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. Wrong path, dude. You're going to go. You're going to sin. Okay. Rerouting, 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 rerouting. Come on, give him a hand clap. I actually practiced that for five minutes. I started getting dizzy at home. I was like, man, I can't find any direction. Rerouting, just pass out. The Bible tells us that wide is a road that leads to destruction. 
narrows the path that leads to salvation, right? So when we have all that stuff, giving of our time, treasure, and talents helps us stay in the right road. This is all, I mean, the vehicles, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Word, it's all GPS, but this now puts it into practice, right? Serving, serve God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything will be taken care of. And I'm not going to guarantee you, the Word says that he will take care of it. But the one thing I like the, the, the best in what we do here great at Church Alive is our connect groups, right? And connecting is great. We have tons of connect groups from kids to marriage, men, career, college, uh, leadership, and there's many more to come. And we um, do, it's, called, it's really doing church at a smaller level. And it puts you around body of the believers. So that's also another GPS system. You know, so if we have somebody who needs prayer, we pray for them. Or, you know, we encourage one another. We empower one another. It helps keep all of us accountable. And look, I'm not going to, you know, uh, these guys, uh, Haas and uh, Mike are part of my leadership school. If they're going to like a go-go bar, which I know you're not, I don't want you guys to call me, obviously, because I'm not going to follow you. I'm just saying that, you know, Jesus is going to smack you in the head. But, uh, but... <laughs> but, you know, it's not to that level. Don't, I don't want to make it like it's that part. Accountability is that it's more from an encouraging standpoint, right? We model ourselves. We're here to encourage each other. We're here to speak positive language. And that helps you. You know, have you ever seen people that are down? Hey, look, I'm not going to walk into the door. But if, that door, if I keep my head down, I don't see that door, what's going to happen? I'm going to run into it. I bet you guys thought I was going to do that. But if your head's up. Looking down is a sign of defeat. Even when Jesus looked down from the cross, that was a sign of peace. He said, it's finished. You guys receiving? So this is a part of the global positioning system or God's positioning system. So I'm going to go over the four points. Give your life to Jesus. Bible study and prayer. Holy Spirit. Giving, serving, and connecting. Can I encourage you guys today, if, and, and I'm going to ask Pastor Miriam to come up in a the, in the moment um, and just pray for people that don't know Jesus or have walked away from Jesus. Your identity is in him. He's done everything. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is believe. Even if you've fallen away, just believe. He's there. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we worship you, Lord. We thank you, and we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for rerouting us to the right place and uh, just nudging us in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for giving us our true identity, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you break us when we need you so we can cry out to you, Father God. May we not become a complacent church or people, Father God, that are just happy to do the mundane things. May we step into the extraordinary life that you have for us from the ordinary life. We give you all the praise, and we give you all the honor, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we say amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for Fernando. Did you guys receive the word this morning? Awesome. Hey, I just want to take another two minutes and talk to two different groups of people. The first group of people, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you've been on the journey of faith for a while. And maybe you're hearing this message and you're like, okay, yeah, I go to church and I'm, I'm praying to be led of the Spirit and I give of my time, my talent, and my treasure. And, and I just want us to think about for a moment what it looks like for us on a Monday. 
or on a Tuesday or on a Wednesday. And, and when life hits and when hard times hit and maybe an argument with a spouse or maybe you're just having a hard week with your kids or maybe work is tough. And, and what happens? What comes out of you? What's the thing? What's the language? What's the mindset that comes out of you when things get hard? Because it's like Fernando said, and I love this thought, God will do everything through you if you let him. And I thought that was such an interesting statement because so many times when we get to work Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or, and we're out of church, it's so easy to forget whose we are. Because the question isn't, who am I? You know, all these people are out on this journey of self-searching and who am I? I'm going on this retreat to figure out who I am. And that's not the question. The question is, whose am I? And if you know that question, and if you know the answer to that question, and if Jesus is whose you are, then your identity Monday through Saturday when you're not in church, when you're about to lose it on your spouse, when you're about to go nuts, when you're about to pull out your hair, you know whose identity you're in. You're in Christ's identity. Therefore, you know that no matter what is thrown your way, no matter what plans seem to go out the window, no matter what is happening, you can stand firm on a solid rock because you are God's. You are a child of God. And that is what I found so in incredible that Fernando said, if you allow God to do something through you, you are be you'll be so surprised at what God and what potential he can unleash in your life. You see, we're not just called to go through life nine to five, go home, watch TV, eat dinner, and then that's it. No, God has breathed his life on you for a purpose. And so his identity is on you for a purpose. So church is not enough for you to remember that whose you are is God. You must have that helmet in a sense. You must have that mirror in a sense that every day if you can whatever it means for you however you can identify with whose you are you must remember because life will be hard because you will hit some hard patches because sometimes finances won't make sense because sometimes relationships won't make sense so whether you've been a believer for five million years and if you're five million years old wow you must look great because that's amazing but if you're in here and you still don't know Jesus I want to tell you today you you have the opportunity to meet the King of Kings, and he wants to be your king. He wants to be your dad. He wants to help navigate you through the course of life, because when we allow the Holy Spirit, through God our Father, navigate us in life, it is amazing how our response to life becomes. You see, when we have no purpose, when we don't know whose we are, our response to life is bitterness, is negativity, is I'm not worth anything, I won't amount to anything, and that's our response, but the reality is when you know whose you are. Your response is, it's okay. I'm not the tail. I am the head because God is with me. I don't care if I've made a mistake because God will use my failures for my future. It doesn't matter because the word of God says he works all things together for the good of those who love God. You see, when we're in Christ, all things, your past, your, your fears, your failures, when you commit them to Christ and you bring them to the foot of the cross, he takes those things and he sets you up and he puts you on a solid rock and he says, I will breathe my life on your failures. I will breathe my purpose on your past because my identity is not in who I was. It's in who I am, and it's in Jesus Christ. And so if you're in here today, if you're in here today and, and, and you are still trying to figure out this whole God thing, trying to figure out who you are, stop that nonsense. Don't try to figure out who you are. Try to figure out whose you are. 
And this morning, I want to invite any single person in here that probably hasn't had the opportunity to meet Jesus. And, and you, that might sound weird, like meet Jesus. Like, I mean, that's kind of weird. You know, where is he? Is he in heaven? Like, that's kind of awkward. No, meet Jesus means meet the man who died on the cross for you. And he wants to live within your soul today. He wants to help navigate you through the course of life. He wants his spirit to come alongside of you and guide you so that as life happens, because it will, you will have a purpose and you will know that he will fuel you your plan and fuel your purpose with his purpose. So all across this room, if you want to just take a few moments right now, if if you know Jesus and maybe you've just forgotten how to apply the fact that you are a child of God and, and tomorrow, Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it is, you're just like, you know what? I need to just step into the fact that I must remember, not just when I'm in church, but when life is happening, that I am the King of Kings daughter and that my behavior, who I I am, the way I think, the way I position myself and where I position myself is so important because I am the, I'm a princess or I'm a prince. Therefore, I walk like royalty, you know, and so we need to position ourselves as royalty because he is royalty. But maybe you're in here today and, and you don't know that yet. You haven't given your life to Christ yet. You haven't said, here, God, here's my ship. Would you steer my life? Would you take my life, all my pain, all my failures, all my sins, all that I thought I was, would you just take it and breathe your life on it? Because I realize today that I'm nothing without you. So all across this room, if that's you, if today you recognize that you need a Savior, You don't have to come to church to become perfect. There's no perfect people allowed in here, just forgiven people. If you need the forgiveness of Christ today in here, just real quick, I'm not going to invite you forward. I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand just so I can acknowledge it, and I'll pray for you right from where I am. That's awesome. I see that hand. Who else this morning? That's awesome. You might just slip it up, slip it up real high. Yep, I see that hand over there. That's awesome. Today, you can make that decision that will change your life forever. I see your hand, sweetie. Anyone else this morning? Who else wants to say, I belong to God? I want to make that decision. I want to turn my life over. It's amazing. We're just going to all pray together. And if you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you're feeling that tug, that's all right. You could pray with all of us. And I'll tell you what your next steps are in just a few moments. Why don't we all pray together? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Thank you that no perfect people are allowed. And thank you that my identity is in you. Today I ask for forgiveness of sins. Today I invite you into my heart. Change my world upside down. And I thank you that you love me, that you forgive me, and that you have a plan for my life. In Jesus' name, thank you. Today, I am a child of God. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for people who made decisions today. It's always the most amazing time when people make a decision. And we're going to have Anthony Holmes come up and share just a few moments on giving. Amen. Did you guys enjoy the message today? Amen. So I'm not sure if some of you are aware, but during our Easter service when Pastor Anthony was preaching on prison break, um, there were some artists in the back that, through inspiration, were drawing and, and I guess called artist thing. Is that what it's called? Artisanal? Okay. They were drawing. They were, 
they were painting. Thank you. There we go. And um, and there was there was one painting that that caught my eye when we were, when Pastor Anthony was talking about Jesus going to the tomb of Lazarus and and breaking him out. And what just happened for those of you who just raised your hand looked something like this. And in that story, we focus a lot on how Jesus called forward Lazarus and he rose from the dead. But in John eleven forty four, after he did that, Jesus tells Mary and everyone else, he tells them, unwrap him and free him. You see, he was risen from the dead, but he still was bound by a lot of things. Jesus was recognizing that once you break out of prison, there's still a rehabilitation that has to happen, that you could be free, but that you may still be bound. He was giving us and letting us know that our role and the role that we've adopted here at Church Alive is not just to set people free, but also so that others may live. And how we do that, how we do that here at Church Alive is by giving, serving, and connecting. Because every single one of us has a responsibility to help unwrap someone else. You have a responsibility to help unwrap me. I have a responsibility to help unwrap you. And you know, sometimes if we look at the story of Lazarus, he was dead four days. His body was decaying. There's probably a lot of dead areas. It didn't look good. It didn't feel good. And as Pastor Miriam encouraged before, Fernando, you have unwrapped so many people in this house. And this must just be your week because God has through your faithfulness, through your giving, through serving, through doing things that maybe not everyone else may want to do. And I want to encourage all of us, me included, to have that heart to give, to serve, and to connect. Not for me, because I want to see some of you unwrapped. And when I need it, I want to have you guys come and unwrap some of the things that I have in me. Amen? I'm going to transition to letting you know how you can give. Um... There are two ways to give. You can give in person. Uh, you can give a cash or, or a check, or you can give online. If you are making checks, um, please write them out to Church Alive. And in your little envelope, if you are uh, giving to Believe and Build, please write down a note uh, the amount that you're giving uh, to Believe and Build. So we're going to give you some time now to uh, take that envelope, start filling it out. Um, we're going to watch a video. Hey guys, welcome to Church Alive. My name is Pastor Anthony. And I'm Pastor Miriam, and we're so honored that you're here with us today. And we just want to give you a quick glimpse of what happens in the life of Church Alive. Lord, I pray to worship and see works I can't afford. Kids Alive is our awesome children's ministry here at Church Alive that we have across all three of our worship experiences. It's for infants all the way through sixth graders to come learn more about Jesus, have fun, and connect with friends. Also happening every week, we have our Reckless, which is our middle school and high school student ministry. We love to have fun. We love to get together. We love to party at times. But the main goal of our student ministry is to make sure every student owns their faith, owns their life with the freedom found in Jesus. We also have connect groups here at Church Alive, which is our church outside of church. They're awesome small groups that meet during the week at people's houses where you can connect with friends, learn more about Jesus, and there's always food there too. And our serving teams, man, they're the place to be. They make everything happen from every worship experience, every community-based event. And the best part is that there's a team for you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 92, 13, that those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. That's right, it's truly our heart's desire, and I believe God's heart's desire for you, for your life and thinking and heart and family is going to prosper and flourish. 
flowers. That's why it's so important that you decide to plant yourself in the house of God. We hope to see you back next week. God bless you.